Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us today. Opening segment, of course, sponsored by our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a great place to enjoy dinner or lunch. You can enjoy it in the dining room, in the drive-thru, or take home, however you choose to do it. Just be sure when you get the uh, taste for barbecue, you give them a shot at Dickie's Barbecue. We think you will like it. Lee Roberts joining us later in the program to analyze the uh, aftermath of the North Texas game. Kelly Sander coming up uh, momentarily as well. But uh, we start the show off this afternoon with Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. A couple of questions for you right out of the gate, Heath. Uh, Number one, Hurricane Delta. Uh, We now hear, as expected, according to WLOX TV on the coast, to make landfall somewhere between Louisiana and Mississippi, early Saturday morning. Uh, You indicated before we went on the air that you thought uh, on Thursday we might get an announcement about uh, how that may affect the football game Saturday. Yeah, I think within the next uh, 24 hours you'll hear something from Southern Miss talking about it. I don't think they'll make a decision until Thursday before team travels on Friday. I mean, these things, these hurricanes have a mind of their own. They get in the Gulf and change direction. Uh, the last hurricane was supposed to hit, you know, right around the Louisiana-Mississippi border and ended up hitting Orange Beach and Gulf Shores and all that. So you just don't know uh, what these things are going to do. It's really a, a guessing game when talking about them. So I think Southern Miss is going to sit back. They're going to prepare like they have a game, and then they'll make that decision on Thursday going forward before teams travel. Okay, another issue that uh, reared this week, article uh, last night uh, makes publication on the Biloxi Sun-Herald that there were some football players uh, that did not make the trip to uh, Texas Saturday because of COVID-19, and you've indicated there was a question brought up about that uh, in the press conference yesterday. Some schools, Heath, have chosen to issue numbers of players affected uh, by this virus. Others, like Southern Miss, have not. But what can you share with our listeners as to your understanding as to how prevalent uh, this issue is currently on the football team? I think, you know, Scotty said, uh, Coach Walden said in the press conference yesterday they had several players out. Uh, I think this is just something that schools are going to have to deal with during this time with Corona. I think all schools are having to deal with it. You look at Louisiana Tech, even we played North Texas. North Texas was dealing with it. That dealt with it the week before. Southern Miss is dealing with it. Um, I think it's a situation where Southern Miss isn't, for whatever reason, they're not going to come out and say who has it. And uh, officially, you won't ever hear that. But I think they'll let you know that they do have issues with it, just like everybody else. I'm not sure it's that big of a deal, to be honest with you guys. I think, as I said, other schools have dealt with the same thing. So I think it's just one of those things, you know, going forward, you have to deal with. It's uh, You kind of have to accept it. 
And I don't know. I personally, I don't think it's that big of an issue looking at the grandscape of college football and all the teams that have had to deal with this. I just think it's an issue that you're going to have to look at now going forward. And the NCAA didn't make the rule. You know, you're not going to lose a year of eligibility playing this year, probably because of that reason. So I just think it's one of those things that you're going to have to deal with going forward. And uh, all schools are having to deal with it. Uh, do you have any idea of the number? And we don't want to know the names of anybody, but do you have any idea of the number of people that may currently be affected? Any idea at all? I, I don't. I don't want to guess. I will say they went. Uh, I think he said they had fifty-three scholarship players for the North Texas game. So, and I don't think all of those. Some of those are opt-out. Some of those were actual injuries, and then some were, you know, COVID. So I, I don't really know the official number, and I'd scare to like give a give a certain number on that. But you know, when you look at opt-outs, injuries, and then some of them were COVID. That's why it's somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty-three scholarship players. Hmm. I would hate to. I'd hate to really give I you a legitimate you. guess. All right, fair enough, Luke. Yeah, Heath. A lot of them are out uh, for for different reasons. We we learned last week. Trace Clopton, I think, a family member posted on Facebook. He had to have his appendix removed, and so Trace is out. But but talk about not the guys that were out, but the guys that played. I mean, Louis Paul Smith in his first career start. I mean, what a job at center, the offensive line. Uh, Foxworth went down. They had to have some more guys come in. And Darius Mayberry, uh, TQ Newsom, uh, Maples played a lot at linebacker. It just seemed like guys heard their number called and they really, really came out and, and played. And you were talking off air. It just speaks to the fact that, you know, North Texas was, was feeling attrition too without some of their guys. And it seemed like our, our depth and our bench was better. Absolutely. I think, you know, yeah, we got issues with. Players getting out, Foxy got hurt, you know, with Trace being out. But I think you have to look at the fact that the young guys for Southern Miss really stepped up. You look at Louis Paul at center. Man, he was incredible that game. The best defensive lineman they had was their nose guard. And you didn't hear much from their nose guard the whole game. He made some plays, but good players are going to do that. But Louis Paul handled him real well. You look at, you know, left guard having, uh, you know, Scott and Tykeen Dawes, and, and then you. Uh, Cleek Washington, left tackle, probably had his best game. I, I think, you know, Coker Wright probably had his best game at right guard. And then, of course, Arvin Fletcher, you know, he is what he is. He's the best lineman on the team. But they ran the ball between the tackles as good as they've had in probably three three years against North Texas. And then you talk about young running backs. Frank Gore Jr. was outstanding. He's going to be special. Darius Mayberry run harder than I think we've ever seen him run. You know, he got hit one good time on that. And and the thing about Darius is he's been injured so much. You start to think that maybe he was not, don't want to say gun-shy, but he was scared he might get injured a little bit. Once he got hit and he bounced up, he ran hard that game, especially in the second half. He had a really good touchdown run where he had to break two or three tackles and stretch over the goal line. Um, DBs had a bunch of guys step up. I, I think that, you know, it shows the depth of Southern Miss compared to a, a team like North Texas where the young guys for Southern Miss stepped up and played better and played a lot better than even North Texas. So I think we got to look at it from a situation where, man, there's some pretty good backups on this team right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you totally. Scotty Walden gets his first career win. Um, so, it seemed like this team was more mentally tough this game, and so maybe 
some of his enthusiasm and energy is making its way down. I don't want to ask this question to you every single week, but I need to ask it because it's the first win. It was a, a, a win that the Golden Eagles had to have. But looking forward, um, how does this affect Scotty's prospects on possibly being named permanent head coach? I mean, I still think the judge is out. Let's see how the team does the rest of the season. It was a great win for him. And really, if you think about it, Scotty's, uh, what, one centimeter away from being 2-0 and in Conference USA play right now. They're that, they're that close to being 2-2 two and two and in pretty good shape. I think they're still in decent shape being 1-3. and three. Um, I think it's just you're going to have to see how the team does going forward. If they play hard like they did against North Texas, they're going to win. They're going to win some more games this year. They're going to have a good season, but uh, those young guys are going to have to keep stepping up. You're going to have to hope the injury bug doesn't hit too bad, and uh, we'll see what happens. But it was a great win for the team because you're right. There was times in the past where maybe something bad would happen and the team couldn't rebound from it. All right, and he- just like Tulane, but this time they were able to rebound when something went bad. All right. All right, best guess, and I know, I know we're just guessing. Uh, how many wins would it take for him to get serious consideration? If it's six or seven wins, which is basically what Jay Hobson was doing, is that enough? I mean, does it have to be an eight-win season, seven-win season? I, I think he'd get the job if it was eight wins. I think six or seven wins get some serious consideration. Um, just eight wins, sure you'd give him the job because that would be a magnificent job of coaching this team after what they've all been through. But I think six, seven wins, yeah, gets in consideration. And I think Jeremy's going to have to look at the whole situation that's happened. Does he want a clean house? Does he want to start over? You know, Jeremy's got a decision here going forward, too. So you're going to have to see how the season plays along and how how everything is handled out before you can really – I think you're going to have to wait the end of the year just to get the wins and losses and then make that decision or get closer to the end of the year to make that decision. Right, because only, there's still a lot of football to be played. Only about 20 seconds left. Uh, we don't really know much about FAU, do we? They've uh, just been kind of hit with the virus themselves. Real quickly, what do you expect out of them? Um, you know, Taggart's always been a, a good uh, recruiter, but it's, you know, the X and those on the field that's got him. You watch the game against Charlotte, and Charlotte, and they had the ball inside their 20 with a chance to win and couldn't get it done, missed two field goals and lost the game. 17 to 21. So Charlotte had their chances, probably should have won that game. Um, I don't think they're as good as when Lane Kiffin was there, but they're still a good team. It's going to be an interesting contest this weekend because you're right, they're having to deal with Corona too. As I said, it's just a normal situation of college football, and uh, we'll see whose backups are better again. All right, brother, let's hope the weather holds off. And uh, Heath, uh, we'll look forward to having you back on the show next week. Yes, sir. Y'all have a wonderful day. God bless. Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation. Easy to sign up. Get on your computer and hunt him up today. Kelly Sander, he's always easy to find. He's next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, I want to thank Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation, for joining us in the first segment of the show. The segment's sponsored by Campus Bookmark, where you'll find the best selection of Southern Miss apparel on the planet. 
They're open Monday through Saturday for your shopping convenience on Hardy Street, right across from the USM uh, campus. Or, of course, you can shop online at campusbookmartmart.net. Pick out your stuff. They'll have it delivered right to your front door. Kelly J. Sander joins us uh, from the uh, mansion out in uh, Cane Break. Uh, hurricane threatening, Kelly, but a hurricane's allowed in Cane Break. I'm, I'm not never really clear no, on that. No, no. Part of our covenants, we pay extra to dodge those. I see. So I, they're, they're I, stopped at the gate. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. If there's not proper identification, then nothing right. is allowed. Kind of like you know? they stop me at the gate every time I try to come by your house, right? They don't allow And me. I keep telling them, Bob, to, to let you through, but apparently your, your ID, I don't know. Maybe uh, they don't yeah, I think it's here, the but. car I drive, you know, and uh, the clothes I wear probably. They look at me and say, that's that's not cane break material there. Yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah, if the car's not a 2018 or better, just turn around. <laughs> not allowed <laughs> in, is that right? <laughs> that, that's, that's right. <laughs> All right, Kelly, hey. are they going to play Saturday? Is a hurricane going to blow them out? I, you know, the, I know it's a, hurt, a category four right now, but um, being the good Mississippian I am, and a lot of other Mississippians really tied to the TV, kind of seeing uh, where what they're expecting, and now they're expecting by the time it hits landfall that it'll be a, a category one, and it now looks like it's shifting, you know, further to the west to where, mm-hmm. um, you know, Lake Charles again, and and kind of that area. Um, which would mean we'd get some rain, but not uh, not mm-hmm. anything. But could be, and they think that when it does hit landfall, it'll be a you know category one, which a lot of people, you know, that would freak a lot of people out. But some old hands down here, ah, category one, we can handle that. But yeah, so I, I would say yeah. As of right now, you know, they're they're gonna you know try to get it played. I, I think that on the COVID front, you guys, I think a lot of schools are are downplaying. Uh, what I'm saying is, is I don't think many schools are being very forthright about how many guys they actually have out because of COVID. They might say that it's, uh, you know, a, a sprained ankle or you know, high ankle sprain or this or that. But but in in fact, it's it's you know, guys being tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think know, that is, Kelly? Why Why do I think? Why do, Why not? do you think they would want to downplay it? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I but when you when some of these schools and you see these NFL teams now that are you know that are getting more and more you know positive, um, you know positive tests and some college teams including you know Houston which is supposed to finally play this weekend, um, the Tennessee Titans have just reopened their facility. It just doesn't make sense that the college guys who in their free time would be more. In, in environments that would be more applicable for spreading the virus. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense that there aren't more college guys being tested positive for COVID. Does and, that make sense? And you believe there may be more than what we're being told in, yes. in all schools in general? Yes, I do believe that. Mm. Um, because when you ask, you know, you'll ask people, well, what about how come so-and-so didn't play? You know, I didn't hear anything about him being hurt. Well, maybe he's not hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, right. maybe he tested positive and they're just trying. And again, part of that, too, is you don't want your opponents to know who's who's going to be in and who's going to be out, if you can yeah, help that it. That could be part of it, yeah. yeah. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, I, I just think, and for, for privacy reasons, they're not going to say, you know, who did or who didn't test positive. I just think that it's one of those things that, that, right. you're, that you're seeing now. That, Strange cool. times. Luke? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think some of that goes to these are college athletes also. And, you know, if, if somebody's done for the year, yeah, maybe you say that. But, I mean, we haven't been given a diagnosis uh, about Tim Tim Jones. You know, he's just kind of iffy week to week. I will say this, is Scotty Walden, um, you know, he, he does – talk he's 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 more open um than coach hobson was on some of that but at the same token it's the same philosophy you're not going to come out and show all your cards you don't have to you're not you're not forced to and like kelly said you don't want the opponent to know uh, what you're dealing with you want them to prep for everybody i don't think tim jones would have played um in in either of the last two games but especially in Tulane, he was out there you know warming up and at least just for a decoy to make them you know have to to think about um Kelly, what else on on the front? It seems like everything this week, high school wise, is being moved to Thursday. Uh, Hurricane Delta right now is 140 miles per hour. Uh, it's moving west northwest at 16 miles an hour. It's going to clip uh, the Cancun, the Yucatan Peninsula, uh, and it's going to slow down a little bit and then pick up a little more steam. But it seems like every high school football game in South Mississippi this week going to Thursday night. And it looked it looked originally like the storm was going to hit Thursday night. So to some people, they were scratching their heads just going, why are you moving it to Thursday night when the storm's going to hit Thursday night? But they obviously were privy to better weather information than we were yesterday because now it doesn't look like the storm will hit until, you know, Friday afternoon sometime. So their, their timing, I think, is impeccable. But while we're on the subject with Southern Miss wide receivers and Tim Jones, I just don't think that Brownlee's getting enough love. Uh, from the media or the family, I, he's just been—he's been terrific. He's been consistent, and he's among the nation's leaders in in targets without a drop. I think he's third in the country with tar- in targets without a drop, and actually three of the top four of of that statistic, uh, leading receivers targeted receivers without a drop. Three of them are from Conference USA. Texas San Antonio has one, and I actually think North uh, North Texas has one. So. Um, would you agree with that, Luke? That, that that Brownlee's name doesn't come up near enough as it probably should. Brownlee's Brownlee was a guy that I was really excited about when he signed out of East Mississippi. Um, he had around a thousand yards last year, eleven touchdowns. He led JUCO in touchdowns last year, and he was a guy that that people really didn't focus on when we were able to nab him like that. And he's come in, especially with with Tim Jones out right now nationally. Brownlee seventeen catches for three hundred and one yards and three touchdowns. He's eleventh nationally right now in. Uh, receiving yards right behind him at number 12. Tim Jones, who hasn't played in two games, 14 catches, 299 yards. So between those two guys, um, 600 yards. And Brownlee has been the guy now. When Jones gets healthy, I, I feel like, of course, they can take shots with Jones, but Tim can now uh, be freed up a little bit. I think he could be more of a possession receiver because Brownlee shows his ability to get behind defenses and, and to really be a deep threat. So I think that really helps. Hopes we hope we have Tim Jones back this weekend, but but uh, at the press conference yesterday, Scotty really didn't wasn't definitive about it. And but he's a senior, you know, and uh, you got to think that you, you try to get him in there sooner than later. But yeah, interesting. Two Golden Eagle quarter or two Golden Eagle receivers, eleventh and twelfth in the country. Jack Abraham's, I believe, fourth in the country in passing yardage. And this and this is a good opportunity for a guy like Brandon Hayes, uh, who prepped at Oak Grove in the Hattiesburg area. This is a good chance for him to be able to show what he's got. Again, he was used in several different offensive sets, you know, last uh, last weekend against North Texas. So, um, you know, bad news. The deal for with one Hayes guy. too, Kelly? What's that? He he played did he play he played wide receiver in high school, right? Yes. Yeah, but they used him as a slot and and in the backfield, I think, a couple of plays. Well they had uh, to use him in the backfield because neither Perkins nor Ragsdale played 
uh, right. Saturday, and then uh, D. Baker went out with a collarbone injury, and you don't know how long he's going to be out. So it was just Gore and Mayberry, and if anything would have happened to them, you would have sent Hayes at running back. Well, and, and, if he, and if he can do that, look, the more versatile you are as a player, the better opportunity there's going to be for you to play, right? I mean, you know, the old adage was, look, is that, have any of you played second base? Well, even if you've never played second base, you raise your hand and say you did because you want to, you know, you want to get in the lineup. <laughs> um, right. So, uh, so this, this might be a good opportunity for Brandon Hayes to, to show what he's got. Uh, Kelly, I know you watched all of that uh, FAU game or a good bit of that Saturday. Uh, your, your observation defensively, how do they stack up uh, to the teams we've played so far? There, uh, Bob, if you, if you spelled it with all capital letters, the word average comes mm-hmm. to mind. Now, now in, in fairness, they don't, that was their first game last Saturday. Right. That's the first game that they've, that they've been able to play. And, you know, Willie Taggart has taken over the FAU program from – times at Florida State. I mean, he's been at all these different schools in the last four or five years. Uh, really, in my opinion, you know, the only thing now, you know, they weren't playing the greatest team in the world either, but um, the only thing, the quarterback, it, uh, Torino or Torrento or whatever his name is, um, that shows you how much we I, I research uh, <laughs> Florida Atlantic, but um, when, when he is in the pocket, if if he's in the pocket, he's in trouble, all right? All of Florida Atlantic's offense, at least last Saturday, was his ability to get out of the pocket and scramble for yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if we can't contain him, if the Eagles can't contain him Saturday, that, that's, it could be a, wow. a long afternoon. But there was nothing about that team that, to me, was especially impressive. Better or the same or worse than what you saw with uh, North Texas? A little bit better, but not much. Okay. Now, so again, it was only their first game. So. so, so a winnable game for Southern Miss if they play well. Yeah, the only problem is, is, is it's a home game for us. Right, we don't ever, we don't do too well at home. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> well, when have you ever said that, heard that about a Southern Miss game? Uh, all right, you can know. you come back in the last segment? We'd love to. Or do you have an appointment? I'm I'm going to do some more research, you guys, and get back to you. Try to brush up a little bit between now and when we come back. Is that good? I'll do it. <laughs> More with Kelly Sander coming up. Lee Roberts, color analyst for the Golden Eagle Radio Network. He's next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on an absolutely beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson in the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Located just across Highway 49 in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium. 895 lunch every single day. And, of course, it includes a free drink. Go see our good friends over at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. 
Lee Roberts, former Southern Miss quarterback, who is the color analyst for the Southern Miss football broadcast team, uh, joining us now on Tuesdays. And, and Lee, one of those guys who, along with Brett Favre, set all the records that Austin Davis and uh, the 49ers quarterback Nick Mullins could come after and break. You ever thought about your career in that, that light, Lee, that, that you set all those records that you know guys could later come and break? You know, records are made to be broken, and, uh, you know, fortunately I had the opportunity to, you know, grab some of those records, and it was obviously um, a, great, a great milestone. But like I said, you know, for Austin Davis and Nick Mullins to come along, it's uh, super special, Se- special to break, you know, NFL Hall of Famer Brett Favre's records, and then, you know, for two great quarterbacks that uh, one still in the NFL to have a career and uh, come through and break mine is, is special as well. So um, just to be mentioned with those guys is definitely an honor. I played uh, Ray Guy's position, so there was no hope for me to break any record. But, um, yeah, so that's just what it comes along when you're a punter at Southern Miss. So, uh, Golden Eagles start with three home games and uh, made the comment yesterday that the road couldn't come soon enough. And, man, what a win for the Golden Eagles. Just your overall impressions uh, after you left Denton, seeing what they did on the road against North Texas. Yeah, the unfortunate part is that we did drop those games at home, and, you know, that that's obviously behind us. But, Super proud the way these guys responded. Um, did, didn't know and, and never would know until you get on the field how these guys would travel and how they would respond on the road. Obviously, a lot of uh, different things taking place, um, you know, with, with the flight and then getting over there and just kind of out of routine. But I know Coach Scotty Walden tries to keep them in as, as much routine as, as possible. And obviously, the great week of preparation really played part to how these guys came out and performed. And, uh, you know, the ups and downs already of the season, but, you know, to walk out of Denton, Texas, and to know that we had beaten North Texas now for two straight years, and Coach Scotty Walden gets his, his first win as a Southern Miss head coach was, was super exciting. And, you know, uh, to get the Gatorade bath, that's, uh, that's a super uh, thing to see on the sideline as well. And, uh, and then to see him run around after that fact it just shows you what kind of guy he is. Just energetic, lots of energy. Uh, and the guys love him, and they responded big time Saturday night. What about um, the these guys that that came in? Um, we, we talked to Heath Hinton earlier specifically about the offensive line, but but a guy like you know TQ Newsom uh, just moves from running back to. Uh, linebacker in, in the offseason, was a great athlete out of Gulfport High School. He plays the most snaps of his career, gets a fumble recovery. Hayes Maples out of Oak Grove, a guy that's been in and out of there, leads the Golden Eagles in tackles. Uh, it, it seemed as if uh, what Scotty Walden has been preaching uh, really started to get through. We saw some adversity early in the game, and kind of last week when they would when they folded against Tulane, they they kind of got back to work in this one and and finished the game out. I know that was encouraging to see. Yeah, you know, it was, and uh, you know it goes back to like I said, preparation, and they kind of changed some things up at practice and had some some more live periods, gave these guys a chance to kind of catch up on some some tackling, and you know talking to Coach Walden, it's it's always tough to put your guys in a live situation because somebody possibly could get injured. But he said the guys, you know, practiced smart, they practiced hard, and they got done what they needed to. And, and obviously those guys stepped up. You mentioned Hayes and then um, the guys that really ha- haven't played a whole lot. I mean, TQ Newsom, it was good to see him in there. And, you know, in, in the world of college football and uh, the coronavirus, uh, it's kind of that next man up mentality. And, you know, it could be an injury or it could be a guy that tests positive and somebody's got a 
uh, a step in there for whatever reason. And, and to see our guys do that was, was huge. And it was on uh, both sides of the football. So we had guys that were playing uh, that really had not had many snaps. And this was the extent of their, their playing career was at North Texas. And, and these guys will get a lot more snaps as well. But you're right. I mean, TQ Newsom, anytime you change positions, I mean, you come in as a, I believe he was a quarterback in high school, so a guy that normally has his hands on the football. He's a running back at Southern Miss. Uh, the coaches see a need and an opportunity to switch him to linebacker, and he'd have never thought it that, that it was in our our fifth game of the season um, or fourth game of the season that he'd he'd get to see his time at linebacker. And you know, obviously things play out the way they're supposed to. And uh, super proud that he came in, and you know, obviously under a very tough situation, but uh, very very good good for those guys and how they responded. All right, Lee. A couple quarterback questions for you. Who better to answer them than you? Uh, a new center uh, played Saturday night. Is that a big deal for a quarterback to have a new guy under center? Is that uh, something that you really have to work on and, and adjust uh, adjust to as the game gets underway? Well, I'll say this. I, I took more snaps under center than these guys do today. So as far as the actual snap, it's not as, as such a big a deal. Obviously, if he snaps it back harder than you know the previous guy or if he's kind of off the mark, that will, that will throw off your timing and and routine, but really where the center these days plays such a vital role is uh, how vocal they are. I mean, they're, they're the leader of that offensive line. They're the ones making the, the line calls, the line adjustment. And for Louis Smith to step in the way he did Saturday night was, was huge. And, um, you know, again, just, and we weren't sure what, how he was going to perform. I think all different scenarios had been run in practice. If Louis could do it, if he couldn't, who would then, uh, snap. I knew Coker uh, Wright uh, was a guy that could come in and possibly snap, but then somebody had to play right guard. So uh, Coach Danchek's done a really nice job putting these guys in the position to do what they needed to. But man, super proud of the way Louis Smith came in and uh, you know handled the adversity. We actually interviewed him after the game, and uh, what a class that kid! Very, uh, very well spoken, and um, a, a great uh, night for sure. You expect him again Saturday to play? I think so. I think so. I mean, he's he's playing really good, and like I said, those those guys are now starting to gel up front a little bit. And uh, you know, for a couple of weeks now, we've gone against pretty good defensive fronts, and uh, I think this week will be be no different as well. So I think uh, Louis will will get a lot of snaps this week, possibly even to start again. Uh, Jack Abraham may not had his best game ever, but he was certainly uh, managed the game well. And for the first time all year, he had a running game he could rely on. Put in perspective for our listeners how much pressure that takes off of you as a quarterback when when you've got a back that's hot and uh, picking up a lot of yards and your offensive line is uh, moving the defense off the line of scrimmage. You know, a lot of people want to see the football thrown through the air and seen it, you know, a lot of yards picked up. But obviously we showed Saturday that, that you didn't have to do that to win football games. We rushed the football 46 times. We threw it 30 times. And, um Super proud the way these guys stepped up. Again, it came up front, uh, the way guys were opening up scenes and running lanes for, um, I mean, three really good running backs. Obviously, D. Baker, the one good run, and then he gets hurt. But uh, Darius Mayberry, a guy that uh, we had not seen uh, prior to Saturday night, what a what a night for him coming in with two touchdowns. And what I saw from Darius Mayberry was what I think the Southern Miss faithful kind of knew he could do. I mean, he was a high school standout. Uh, but what he was able to do, not only just run the football, but how he extended himself to, to get a fourth down or to get a third down or to reach over the goal line to get that touchdown, 
uh, what a what a great evening for him. Two touchdowns, and then obviously what Frank Gore could do as well. A big big mm-hmm. night rushing for him. So as a quarterback, you want to see that running game very very strong. So it does open up that passing game for sure. When you were playing, what was generally speaking the the run pass ratio on the teams that you quarterbacked? You know, I felt like looking back, we were pretty balanced. Um, I know we probably it probably seemed like we ran the ball more just because I wanted to air it out. There, there were times. You know, East Carolina, I only threw it 16 times. Uh, against Nevada, I threw it, you know, 46 times. So uh, there was times in my career where I, I didn't have to throw it a lot and then times that we did. But I felt like we were pretty balanced. And that's what Coach Matt Kubik wants to be. He wants to be a balanced attack. We don't want to be a one-sided offense. We want to be able to throw and we want, want to be able to run. And uh, whatever we're doing well, we'll just kind of stick at that. But I think just in general terms throughout the year, we'd like to see uh, a pretty good balance. So the night you threw it only 16 times, did you set Coach Bauer straight after that game, Lee? <laughs> you know, that was that was my first start ever. and uh, So you didn't yeah, say a word, to, did you? <laughs> they, they, were, they were trying to make things simple, and, you know, we were pretty effective that night uh, running the football, and the times we did throw it, uh, Kendrick Lee made a lot of great plays, so. Uh, we we tried to capitalize where we could for sure. I got you. All right, Luke. Forty seconds left, Lee. Yeah, you didn't have to throw a couple years later at Nevada either because I think Dnix ran for like two hundred and one yards. And and you know how awesome was it turning around? I know that was your senior year, but handing it to to Baby Bull, uh, who kind of really set the record for what, or what freshmen do at Southern Miss. No, absolutely. And and I can remember when he kind of had his coming out party against Tulane my senior year. We didn't win that game, but you could see. From that night, he could go on, and he was going to go on and be a great running back, and he definitely was. So, uh, guys that can tote it, quarterbacks love it, and uh, offensive line, we appreciate the work that they do putting in and opening up holes and protecting the quarterback. So, it's a team effort. Always enjoy our conversations with you, Lee. I appreciate you guys. Man. Look You're forward to talk week. to you next week, Lee Roberts. Everybody, okay. former great quarterback for the Golden Eagles, color analyst on the Southern Miss Radio Network. We'll hook back up with Kelly, wind up another edition of the Eagle Hour in just a moment. Good to talk to Lee Roberts, former quarterback for the Golden Eagles, now the color analyst on the broadcast team with John Cox. Appreciate his time on this Tuesday. Happy to have you along for a segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg and online, toyotaofhattiesburg.com. If you're looking for your kids to get some baseball or softball training, Check out D-Bat in Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in the old Gaddytown building. Uh, softball and Baseball Academy to the left at D-Bat and to the right in D1 training. Uh, a great 70-yard indoor running facility waits, a uh, place for you to get in the best shape of your life. Go see our good friends at D-Bat and D1 training. Luke and Bob in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Before we get back with Kelly Santer. 
Jeremy McLean, athletic director at Southern Miss, released this statement uh, about 10 minutes ago. Quote, we continue to closely monitor the weather situation in the Gulf of Mexico and remain in constant contact with state and local emergency officials. While it remains too early to make any decision regarding our 3 p.m. home game this Saturday, our staff will continue to evaluate and work through possible scenarios. Our decision-making progress will be focused on the safety of not only our players, staff, and fans, but Florida Atlantic as well, In quote. So Jeremy McLean basically saying, Kelly Sander, uh, they're watching it, and you would got to think probably by late tomorrow at the latest, early Thursday morning, they would have to make a decision about this game Saturday. Yeah, because they, the the guys from you know Florida would, would be coming right up in it, and and it looks like as you know the every hour you know they update the scenario and it just has it nudging ever so much more to the west, which would mean you know that it would maybe curl up through the Jackson Mississippi area, but but still that would put us on that one quadrant of the storm that uh, that normally bring lots of rain. So. Um, but but believe me, if rain is all we get, we can handle that, and we'll we'll pray that uh, that the storm fizzles out the closer that it gets uh, to the coast. But a postscriptor I was talking about in the last segment, uh, you know, we we make fun of Conference USA at times on this show, but in fairness, when there's good news, we certainly want to report that as well. And it looks like uh, early in the season, Conference USA's wide receivers as a whole are, are doing a pretty good job. Again, according to the latest. NCAA statistics, the top receivers in the country, these are guys that without a drop, not a, not a dropped ball when targeted, uh, two of the top three, or check that, uh, three of the top four come out of Conference USA. Actually, number two is Josh Cephas out of uh, Texas, San Antonio. We mentioned Jason Brownlee of the Golden Eagles is third in the country in uh, not dropping a pass while being targeted. And Austin Watkins of UAB, is ranked fourth. And the thing that's interesting, you know, besides those statistics, is you look, UTSA is having a great year. So is UAB. So you're hoping that uh, Southern Miss can, can be in that category with those two teams as the season progresses. Meanwhile, baseball, I just want to mention baseball real quick, you guys. Uh, good news for Southern Miss. The perfect game organization out of the Atlanta area has ranked their top 500 prospects of the class of 2020. So obviously these were guys that graduated high school this past May. And a caveat on this rating, these are guys who honored their college commitment rather than went through the draft. Okay, so these are the top 500 prospects of the guys who honored their college commitment. And no other conference has two in the top five except Conference USA. How about that? Mario Zabala, which is, who is out of Puerto Rico, but he is signed with uh, FAU and is going to honor that commitment. And Southern Miss has Slade Wilkes at a Columbia Academy ranked as the fifth out of 500 prospects that has, that's honored his college commitment. He'll be playing uh, for the Golden Eagles. So, again, two of the top five, 500, according to Perfect Game, who are honoring their college commitments uh, are, are in Conference USA. So, you know, we, we have fun with Conference USA and basketball and football at times, but I don't think anybody can uh, can argue that Conference USA baseball is is right up there. Look, uh, that's great news. Uh, I want to let people know my phone is blowing up here. You won't hear this now because uh, the stations are down, some of our stations, but we're experiencing sun fades all this week. So if you see the show, it drops out the last 10, 12, 14 minutes of the program, and maybe you're listening to us later 
on on an app or or maybe on uh, you know on demand. That's what's happened. Uh, we're having sun fades this week, and Kelly, your assignment uh, for the day is to do something about that between now and tomorrow. Uh, we we don't want any more sun fades. Well, as fat as I am, Bob, it wouldn't be real difficult for me to get. Where are you standing right now? Now that you mention that, Kelly, that could be the problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm not far from the tower. Maybe, I, maybe I need to move a little bit to the to the right or the left. You know, let the sun get through there. I don't know. Well, hopefully that, that I think is going to occur all week long. And obviously, there's a, a not. It's a seasonal deal, and uh, right. you got to be a lot smarter to explain it than me. Real quickly, though, Kelly, sounds like to me the baseball team's going to be loaded for bear this spring. You hope so, and of course, the big piece of the puzzle, just like in any other sport, is injuries. You know, particularly right. if you, you got to keep the pitchers healthy, and um, you know, th- those arms are only made for so many pitches, uh, the way that it's designed. So let's let's hope for the best. All right, that wraps up. We're the up. best team in Mississippi. Yeah. We're the best team in Mississippi. We're the best team in Mississippi. I, I concur with that. And uh, we'll be glad to play him to prove it. All right. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Uh, hope you'll join us then. Sun fades or not. Kelly, stay away from the sun, please. You're, you're messing up the show completely. I'll, I'll try to stay inside tomorrow. All right. Uh, until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the, to the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.